podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. Today's episode, we would like to discuss the back end of the World Cup T20 that's currently underway in the Middle East. We are in the second week of Super 12. The teams that could qualify for semifinals is sort of taking shape. So if you look at the table currently, from Group 1, we can clearly see that England stand a very good chance of making the semifinals. And along with them, currently, the strong contenders are South Africa. But uh, Australia, who will play their last game against West Indies tomorrow, stand a good chance. And South Africa themselves, who will play England, have one more chance to potentially dethrone Australia and take the second spot. Barring some really... No contrived and very, very uh, far-fetching results, it must be said. England are more or less through as the first-ranked team from Group 1. When we look at Group 2, Pakistan have secured a place in the semi-final with four clear wins out of four. New Zealand are the second-place team and are the team to beat. The next couple of days will be very crucial for Group 2 because on Sunday, when uh, Afghanistan play against New Zealand and then uh, finally when India play Namibia, the final couple of uh, slots will be decided. Also in between, of course, Pakistan will play Scotland. India will have a very good idea of what they need to do, or maybe it's already out of their hands by the time they play their final game. So as things stand, India have four points from their four games because they lost their first two games, we know, uh, to Pakistan and New Zealand. And then they bounced back very strong by first beating Afghanistan and then by beating Scotland today very comfortably. So... If you were to take a look at some of the matches over the last couple of days, we could take a look at the Bangladesh-Australia game, which happened on the 4th of November. So this was a very one-sided effort. So Bangladesh would feel the pinch as they are knocked out of the tournament. They could not win a single game in the Super 12s, even though they made it through the qualifiers and made it to Group 1. Unfortunately, Australia proved too strong because uh, batting first, Bangladesh could only make 73. So they were already up against it from the very first over because they lost three wickets in the first three overs, uh, first to pace and then to spin. And then eventually Adam Zampa came and took a 5-4. They were just bundled out with nobody, you know, showing much of a much of a penchant for just staying there. Mahmoudullah tried and Shami Hossein showed a bit of guts, but there's not going to be anything to challenge Australia. And duly, they chased it down within, you know, seven overs as Aaron Finch made a 40 and then... Now, Mitchell Marsh hit a couple of big hits to wrap the game up. Bangladesh leave the tournament much disappointed and probably the careers of few of the senior cricketers hanging in the balance currently because, well, Mahmoudullah is not sure whether he'll continue as the skipper. The board president has hit out at Bangladesh players in between the tournament and Mashrafi has come to their defense. and A lot has gone on off-field. Probably it affected the Bangladeshi players' mindset, but they could not really put up a strong performance on the field and probably some of that criticism was justified, just probably not the time or the place, as they say. On the other hand, Australia are, you know, looking really good 
and they play west indies tomorrow and probably they'll be looking to iron out a couple of kings as they look to finalize their spot in the semi finals in the meantime if you look at the other game that happened yesterday so this is the game between sri lanka and west indies sri lanka have done really well in this tournament because many of us did not expect that they would even be able to perform as well as they have done with a really young team but they have really thrown up a couple of people whom we would look out for in the future so we can definitely count vanindu hasaranga but also somebody like charit asalanka and then patum nisanka kusal pereira had a fallow tournament by his standards but you know dasun shanaka the captain i think brings a lot to the table he is one of these darren sami type players who's a one of those true bits and part cricketers that are out there but nonetheless i think he brings something to this team where he's able to mold this team to you know perform well above themselves they continuously punched well above themselves and even in yesterday's game you know batting first they made 189 for 3 against a fairly strong west indian bowling lineup it must be said well west indies could not chase it down it was a very tough ask and their top order failed except for nicholas puran who came in at number 3 and then shimron hetmeyer who just refused to give up these two really batted well but there were not even another double digit score in the west indies lineup so big names chris gale unfortunately whimper of a performance in this tournament and andre russell has failed with the bat karen polot could not do much in fact he had a golden duck in this game when it came to their bowling as i said one indo hasaranga definite future superstar as far as sri lanka is concerned if he can hang on practice his skills well and you know not let the fame get to his head you have dushmanta chamira again another good performer and then even though he did not play in this game uh, kumara is would be a bowler to look out for and mahesh tikshna whether he can really continue to reinvent himself be that mystery bowler will remain to be seen so a lot of positives as far as sri lanka are concerned so they dumped west indies defending champions out of this tournament we also get to hear that dwayne bravo dj bravo has decided to hang up his boots as far as international cricket is concerned at the end of this tournament so he has one more game tomorrow against australia to you know shine for one last time and it must be said many of this lineup including people like chris gale one dare feels even people like andrew russell kyron pollard um, might very well be playing their last tournament as far as world cup goes but you know the future of the west indian cricket at least looks in good hands you have jason holder you have shimron hetmeyer nicholas puran even lewis a lot of nice names here who will probably need to again pull their weight when we look at the games from today the first game of the day was new zealand versus namibia it was a very interesting game if you are an india fan at least up until the 15th over of the first batting innings where new zealand batted it looked like the match might very well be in balance because they were only scoring at about 6 an over and they had lost four wickets at that point glen phillips and james nisham got together and they added a fantastic you know 67 runs in the last five overs and that made a huge difference as far as new zealand were concerned because that took them to uh, above par 163 you know if they had finished 130 or 135 or even 140 probably namibia stood a chance of chasing that down but with the bowling lineup that they bring the new zealand bowlers were comfortably able to tie namibia down and in fact that was quite a difference because namibia only were able to score 11 runs of their last five overs compared to what new zealand did and namibia finished with 111 for 7 when it came to bowling team saudi was excellent so were the spinners so the two spinners from new zealand santner and ish saudi have been doing very well together even in the game against india i think ish saudi really shone and he tied down the india batsmen really well all the things are sort of falling in place as far as this new zealand team is concerned sometimes their top four appear a bit you know weak but if they can overcome that on a given day you know martin guptill hits out other uh, 
batsman at the top order somebody like kane williamson or devon conway can score at a much faster rate you would see that you know this team would easily make 180 even if they were to bat first or if they were chasing a total like 160 could be chaseable they are always everybody's favorites on the side aren't they so we really hope they break their world cup target to win their uh, first world cup here so speaking of this uh, one of our tweets was quoted in an indian sports magazine so we'll provide this link in the episode notes to take a look at it if possible so in one of the articles from sportscafe.in where they were summarizing the game between namibia and new zealand so thanks to sportscafe.in for picking up on this tweet now if you were to look at the other game that happened today it was the game between india and scotland so there were not a lot of surprises there because the mission for india was very clear they had come to a positive net run rate so they had to win this game and win this game handsomely because at the end of the day if they were to get their positive net run rate above new zealand if not both new zealand and afghanistan they would really stand a good chance come sunday and they would need afghanistan to do them a favor of course and beat new zealand because well if new zealand win that's that as far as the second qualifying team from group 2 is concerned but if afghanistan were to beat new zealand they would do india a favor because then if india were to win handsomely against namibia they stand a real chance of qualifying for group 2 but in this game they won the toss for a change virat kohli on his birthday won a toss so that was already nice and then he asked scotland to bat first they started well it must be said george munsey came out with all guns firing and they were able to get off to a fairly positive start but then there were a couple of wicket maidens in the power play one to shami and one to bumra and they were struggling after that once the spinners came on they had no answers Ravichandran Ashwin took one for 29. It was relatively costly when the opposition only scored 85, but he did his bit. Varun Chakravarti took none for 15 of his three overs, but the standout bowlers were Mohamed Shami, who took three for 15 of his three overs, but Ravindra Jadeja, who took three for 15 of his four overs. And rightly, he was adjudged the man of the game. When you look at Indian batting, well, the mandate was clear. So if they could chase the total of 85 that Scotland had put up within 7.1 overs, they would have a better run rate than New Zealand and Afghanistan. But if they were to chase it within 8.5 hours, they would at least have a better net run rate than Afghanistan. So India achieved the earlier target. They were able to score the 86 runs required to win within just 6.3 hours with KL Rahul scoring a wonderful 19 ball half century and Rohit Sharma scoring an equally good 30 of just 16 balls. So then Virat Kohli and Suri Kumar Yadav finished off scoring the remaining runs. So they basically gave India what they wanted i mean given that they had lost their first two games this was the best they could have had and they now have a better net run rate than either of their rivals so all to play for if you are an india fan on monday but they await the results where afghanistan will need to do them a favor on sunday now if you were to take a look at some of the other news of the cricketing field so the one off test that was planned between afghanistan and australia has been postponed where australia cricket australia have come out and said they are committed uh, encouraging sport for both men and women at, in afghanistan and maybe considering that after taliban takeover it's sort of stands a bit unclear whether women will be allowed to play cricket in the country they have decided to you know take a strong stance against it and postpone the test against afghanistan it must be said this comes across as a snub if you are afghanistani or anybody in south asia it really remains to be seen how the rest of the cricketing world will take this decision from australia so we'll keep an ear out for this and we'll let you know how it evolves in the upcoming weeks and months 
in another news sort of another raging storm in england cricket so we know that azim rafiq a former yorkshire player had made some allegations of racism against yorkshire county cricket club not taking a lot of you know um, positive steps in in terms of curbing racism and there was a hearing and yorkshire put out a report but this report was sort of it looked to be papering the cracks for the lack of a better term and it was met with the right amount of derision that you could expect it has now starting to take toll on the yorkshire county cricket club because first of all they were stripped of their right to host international cricket by ecb and then it looks like you know heads have started to roll because the chairman of the club richard hutton has decided to step down and uh, well it it was unfortunate that it had come to this but considering how tepid the response was we are undergoing a social change now and it looks like some very well known players even people who have represented england or who have been around the england setup used some rather derogatory four letter words towards azim rafiq at least gary balance one of the former england players has stood up and said he did use such a word and he apologizes for that and ecb will now take a slightly harsher stance as well it must be said a lot of positive is coming out of this at least as far as visibility of sometimes derogatory language somebody from south asia might face even in so called developed european and western countries so this this can be a sort of an eye opener no doubt lord kamlesh patel another well known name in those parts has been um, appointed the interim chairman of the yorkshire county cricket board and it remains to be seen what happens in the upcoming couple of days we'll keep you posted on this as well in another sort of expected news it must be said rahul dravid who had officially applied for the post of the coach of indian cricket team has been confirmed as the next indian men's cricket coach so congratulations to dravid it's sort of one of the toughest jobs out there as far as coaching is concerned so we wish him all the best for the upcoming period so he takes charge right away ahead of the uh, home series against new zealand for the india men's team we know this guy is a very diligent person and he's brought his 120% to everything he's done so far so we expect he'll do the same in his current job as always we would really love to see him succeed in this role as well those are all the news and games that we would like to discuss in today's episode thanks a lot for listening we wish to have your company in our upcoming episodes as well because in our next episode we expect to cover the ending of the world cup as well as you know some interesting tours where we will get back to our favorite test match cricket which will be coming up because new zealand are going to tour india and then there's a west indian tour also coming up lot to discuss there thanks a lot for listening and have a good day wherever you are bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast Podcast Network.